Welcome to the Darkness Dwells Podcast, episode 60! Yay! Woohoo! <laughs> 60 is a lot. Pop the corks! That's a big number. It is. Are we going to hit 100 by uh, by the year's end? I can't do math. I don't think so, <laughs> but, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're doing pretty good. Yes. And, you know, last week we had a really... Oh, first of all, um, uh, who are you? Who am I Hi, talking I'm to? Michael Schutz. Oh, Hello. Hey, I'm Jason White, and we are your Hi. hosts. Hi, Jason. Hi, how are you doing? Uh, very good. <laughs> it's, it's nice to finally be on. I know. You were sick. Uh, I was. I was. More yeah. about that later. It was, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, yeah, that was, it was a really exciting time last uh, week, too, so maybe, maybe you overdid it. <laughs> I did. <laughs> we we talked to Ramsey Campbell, and that was a uh, that was a uh, man. That was a delight. I mean, uh, kind of a lame word, but it's so true. Uh, just just absolute delight. Oh was. wow! Yeah, it's not a lame word at all. It's uh, it was it was fantastic. It was it was definitely, I think, one of the biggest episodes for uh, for Darkness Dwells. I, I I think so. Yeah, haven't had a lot of great guests lately. Yeah, it's 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 been kind of a strange trip. <laughs> but before we uh, we get into what this episode is about, let me uh, actually, you know what? Before we let, let's touch base a little bit. Uh, so, how you been doing, Michael? I've been good. Um, we were talking a little bit before the show. I'm reading. I finally am reading Joe Hill's Nosferatu, which oh. <laughs> which is so good. It's making me doubt my own my own powers of of storytelling but <laughs> for for those of you who have read or haven't read Nosferatu it is a lot Joe Hill is writing a lot like his dad yeah and even even referencing like some of some of King's King's things you know yeah. that's that's Larry King's Twitter King's thing but <laughs> it, it's making me wonder I'm thinking wouldn't that be awesome if it was actually Tabitha King that was the mastermind behind all this fiction <laughs> what if she I like holding the I haven't the read any of hers. I have the trap. I have it in my hand right now, and I, I might read that next. That would be that'd be so weird if she was like she edited them all, or maybe just wrote them all and slapped her slapped her male family members' names on. <laughs> or she's just yelling at them. She's like, "There's not enough of this in here." I kind of, you know, I kind of get the impression that she does that though. <laughs> <laughs> Where, where where did you get that from though? Well, I was I it just comes out of my mind. I <laughs> just pops up there. I think of these things. What can I say? <laughs> no, you know what? I could see it, you know. She's like, uh, "All right, Joe, uh you know the mythos, you know them inside out. I test you on them." <laughs> yep. Well, you know, because he dedicates Nosferatu to his mom. Yeah. And I mean, any even casual king fan knows the story that she dug the pages of Carrie out of the wastebasket yeah. and told Stephen to finish them. So. Yeah. That's true. So, you know, yeah. she's the ringleader here. She is. She's the puppet master. <laughs> the puppet master. Speaking of puppet master. Yeah, we'll be talking about puppet master in a little bit. Um, how about we get into uh, our sponsors? Yes. We are uh, very proud to be sponsored by Crystal Lake Publishing. Um, they've been, uh, they've been publishing since 2012, and, uh, they've quickly become one of the world's leading indie publishers of mystery, thriller, and suspense books, 
with a dark fiction edge. Uh, they've uh, recently published a little anthology called Gutted. <laughs> now, Gutted is uh, has the uh, second title of Beautiful Horror Stories. And let me tell you, the, the stories in this anthology, they are very dark, but and they are kind of very bleak as well. But they're also they are also indeed very beautiful. It's it, it's a fantastic anthology, and you know what? It's not just uh, the idea behind it. I mean, uh, the talent that tackles this idea is is phenomenal. You got writers like Clive Barker, Neil Gaiman, Ramsey Campbell, and uh, Mercedes M. Yardley, and uh, Damian Angelica Walters, who are all in this uh, anthology, and it's a fantastic anthology. You should check it out. And uh, that's just a glimpse, though, of what Crystal Lake Publishing is doing. They they have a uh, they have a, a really excellent line of authors to their uh, publication. And and we've been featuring many of them. Yes, so, we have. So well, they find some us, find know? some <laughs> some uh, Crystal Lake Publishing stuff, and then tune into our show and, and get some behind the scenes stuff. Yeah, exactly. Um, uh, we are also sponsored by Audible.com. Audible.com is an online audio bookstore. And uh, if you're into audiobooks, and even if you're not, you should really check it out because it's a great way to uh, pile on the books uh, to your reading list. You can listen while you're tran- uh, going to work and coming home, or you can uh, listen to them while you're exercising, whatever it is. Uh, where you can uh, plug in the uh, old earbuds, you can listen to an audiobook. You can't use that excuse. I don't have the time. <laughs> Make the time. <laughs> Make the time, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so go to... Uh, On a completely separate topic, you know, earbuds don't work for me. They just pop out of my ears. But <laughs> Yeah, I, I have that problem too. I, I need the, the innies, as I like to call them, the ones that actually go into your ears. I'm wearing, yeah, I'm wearing a pair right now. Those those will stay for me for at least longer than the other ones. But yeah, I have to I have to put on the big oh, Princess the big, Leia headphones. The, big, <laughs> the Princess Leia headphones, yeah. Um, so go to uh, www.audibletrial.com/darknessdwells and sign up for a free month long membership, and that membership uh, will give you uh, an audiobook of your choice. And uh, it's for free. That's awesome, right there. And I'm gonna I'm gonna suggest a book, and that book is gonna be Nameless: The Darkness Comes, Bone Angel Trilogy, Book Number One, written by Mercedes M. Yardley. And it's narrated by Eva uh, Kaminsky. Its length is eight hours and thirty-eight minutes, and it's unabridged. So. Uh, Mercedes is a guest on this episode, which is awesome, and she was awesome, and so I highly recommend that you check out this uh, this audiobook and uh, download it or go and purchase it. Do whatever you like, but check it out. That's for sure. All right, so uh, I think we should uh, we should uh, start this episode. What do you think, Michael? Yes, let's get into some news. Let's do that. I found something today. I found something while trolling the internet. 
Did you? But uh, apparently Jason Bloom of, of Bloomhouse, if I'm right, they're putting together another Halloween remake, another another reboot of Halloween. Did you hear about this? Have we talked about that? <laughs> uh, I think we, we, we've, uh, uh, we didn't bring it up, like, straight on. I think it was brought up uh, during a conversation at some point. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but yeah. I just wonder, what what can they possibly do? You know, I mean, I, I'm i going to see it, of course. I love Halloween. But you know, this article here on iHorror, it talks about how uh, about uh, John Carpenter is involved in this one, but, you, but I read, read the article and it sounds like he's just doing the music for it, which is kind of ham-handed to be like, oh, Carpenter's involved in this one. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm interested in what type of movie it's... Is it a, a reboot? Like, are they, like, say, uh, part 9 or 10 or whatever it would be at? Or I think from from what I gather, and my browser just refreshed and took it away, but <laughs> I think they're starting the whole series over again, like a whole whole new thing. I don't know why you would want to do that. I don't you know. know I mean, it's already been not done. to not to bring my bad mood crashing down on the news, but <laughs> God <laughs> the original why. Halloween is pretty much timeless as it is, and then Rob Zombie, you know, remade it into this real, you know, visceral, gritty, you know, uh, uh, movie. And I thought that was pretty popular. I know his second one, the Halloween two that he did, wasn't received all that well. But what else could you do with it? I wonder. I don't know. Uh, basically, I think what it comes down to is it's a money maker, right? So I hope not. You know, that's that's such a poor reason to do anything. But it is on the other hand, um, Bloomhouse is—they're uh, very passionate about horror, even though they're a big business and and what. They seem like it, yeah. So maybe, maybe they'll stop. Yeah, maybe they'll do something interesting. It's hard to say. If they if they're remaking it, though, I don't know. Like it's being if it's being remade then it's being remade for the third freaking time so yeah I, it's it's like spider-man yeah. i swear to god if i have to sit through another origin story for spider-man i'm gonna scream yeah like every I, five years oh spider-man's back <laughs> and it's brand new just get on with the story yeah just keep telling this don't keep telling the story just continue yeah. the story man so that's <laughs> yeah that i i I understand your frustration, but at the same time, there's that little tingle. Ooh, you know, like this, this might be interesting. Oh, and Day of the Dead is also getting another another remake, and I think that's the third one, isn't it? Because yes, uh, am I am I third. right about that? There was a, a remake already done. Yeah, but on it, that. yeah. It, so I heard it. It really blew, though. It was it was terrible. It wasn't even was close. It? Yeah. Well, you know how the other two remakes they they kind of followed uh, Romero's uh, storyline. Yeah. Uh, Day of the Dead did not. Not even a little bit. I've never been a big fan of Day of the Dead. Actually, <clears throat> I like I like Dawn of the Dead. That's my favorite. <gasps> okay, you're fired. <laughs> but a mall, though, man. That's so cool. Dennis Hopper. And, you know, you're well, right. obviously the first one. It's hard to. I mean, the social commentary of of that one is. It, it's just, yeah, superb. That's very true. Uh, it, the funny thing about those movies is that uh, uh, Dawn of the Dead, everyone seems to love, and same with the first one. Um, that's that's a, a given. Uh, Day of the Dead, it has its rabid fans, and yeah. it also has its rabid detractors. 
<laughs> I didn't I, know about that second part. I thought I was alone. <laughs> no, no, there's there's people who really don't like it. And I, I'm not one of those. I love that. That's my favorite one. I think it's because it's so over the top and gory and just fun to watch. It's, I mean, Dawn of the. I'm a big fan of Dawn of the Dead too, but I don't know. I, I just love Day of the Dead. You know, I did just recently watch it again, and Day of the Dead. I mean, and and I liked it a lot more than I remember liking it. Yeah. Years and years ago. It's a crazy film. And now we get to watch it again. Yeah, well, that's if they even attempt. I, I didn't watch the last uh, the remake because I I heard about just how bad it was and that it do- doesn't really follow the the original story at all. So I was like, eh, screw it. I'm not going to waste my time. But this yeah. one apparently is the same thing. It's not uh, from what I hear. They're not really uh, following. So I don't know why they're calling it Day of the Dead. I don't know. I'm going to have to check into that myself. Yeah, that's weird. It is weird and upsetting. <laughs> no. <laughs> and uh, oh, I should I should say a happy birthday. We're uh, we're recording this on Vincent D'Onofrio's birthday. Happy birthday, Vincent D'Onofrio! Oh, hey, hey he's uh, awesome. I'm a huge fan of his. Like, just crazy fan. Yeah, and too. and on July first is Karen Black's oh wow birthday, and we love Karen Black. I'm assuming because That's, she's oh, yeah. in. Oh gosh, she she was uh, Mrs. Firefly. Yes. Or whatever. Uh, is she is she still alive? I think so. I yeah. think so. I'm because not... it because the, it doesn't say that that she died. <laughs> well, let me look that up. Better not better not say anything though, because the way that 2016 is. <laughs> yeah, we just cursed her. Yeah. Let me see Sorry, here. Karen. Oh no, she has passed on. Oh, she has. Yeah, she was born July first, nineteen thirty nine. Wow, and uh, she died uh, August eighth, two thousand thirteen. Oh, that's sad. (gasps) That's right. I do remember that now. Yeah, Yeah. she lived a long, good life though. So that's a good thing. She was really unique. You know, she brought something, you know, quirky onto the screen, and I like that. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm a big uh, Karen Black fan, uh, and Vincent D'Onofrio too. Um, I, I have to say, my favorite role by him still is from the Cell. He he played yeah. a psychopath, uh, serial killer like nobody else. <laughs> that would that movie was such a trip too. I remember seeing that in the oh, yeah. in the theaters. You would not. There's still not a lot out there that that compares to it. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, good points on those. Uh, uh, happy birthday, Vincent. Happy birthday. Because I know you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> From beyond. He keeps bugging me. He wants to be on the show, but... <laughs> oh man! I'll get my so Ouija board out and we'll talk to Karen Black next episode. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, is that all you got? That's all I have. Uh, for me, uh, speaking of George Romero, uh, uh, he's uh, he's getting a Hollywood star on the Walk of Fame. About time. That's uh, you know what I'm kind of surprised about that. You don't often hear horror icons like George Romero getting a star, but you know it does happen. It's just you know it's kind of weird when it does, but a uh, good weird. Yeah, which I guess that's why it 
I mean, some people get their scars so soon. Yeah, you know? that's true. Yeah. And so that's why I had to wait a while. I think it would be really good if the Oscars recognized them. <laughs> <gasps> yeah, I'd love that. You know, I was watching, I was watching something about uh, Night of the Living Dead, and I think a lot of us know that he got, he got gypped out of making, like, any money on that, and it was because apparently he just, he forgot to put a copyright notice on the final print when yeah. he took it and started airing it, so somebody yeah, he, just took it, and oh my god, that's... That's terrible, but he did lose a lot yeah. of money on that, but on yeah. the same note, he, well, yeah, he, he missed out on that, and that's a huge money boat that he missed. Uh, but you know he made a lot of money on on some of the other movies. So yeah, uh, I don't think he's crying. He might have cried when it first happened. I think he did at the time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he might have at the time, but now uh, he's doing okay. I think. Although I'm sure he's we'll still him kicking him himself too. in the ass. He's like, yeah. why, <laughs> why, why? <laughs> Poor guy. Uh, you know what? I could see myself making a mistake like that. Oh yeah, I definitely would. It's uh, it's just too easy in this world. It's a it's a sad thing. Um, also, uh, uh, I believe you posted this uh, on our Facebook page. Um, it's uh, Dread Central, or sorry, Bloody Disgusting. Uh, they ranked, or at least uh, Daniel Curlin ranked all the Puppet Master films. And uh, I don't want to go through the list or anything like that. I just want to. I just wanted to bring it up because <laughs> the Puppet Master films are just a lot of fun to to watch, <laughs> especially the first uh, three or four. And uh, so I, I I urge you to go over to bloodydisgusting.com dot com and and check this article out because it's uh, it's a fun article on a fun set of movies. And there's also an episode of uh, Dread Media where they covered the Puppet Master films. And uh, Desmond... And you know what? I forget who he was talking with. I think it was uh, a guy named Chris, one of uh, one of his uh, co-hosts. I could be very wrong on that, and forgive me if I am. But they, uh, they did it in an interesting way. They did, like, an award system where they did, like, the top five... Uh, uh, performances, uh, top five uh, kills and stuff like that from from the entire series, and you know, like the, the top five worst films or whatever. Or actually, I think that was at the end. You know, the best film, the worst film, and and all that. So uh, check that out too. It's from around August of uh, or September of two thousand and fourteen. Dread Media. Excellent. I know. Back back to talking about the. Uh and lost my way there about the Puppet Master movies. I am really looking forward to a marathon now after I found that and posted it. I realized that I don't think I've seen a single one. Oh, so really? <laughs> that is long overdue. Long overdue. Well, if if, uh, if you're like uh, some people, and well, if you're like me and you like your sort of cheesy but fun uh, 80s horror films then you can't go wrong with these films because that's exactly what and they see, are. That's why I, I really wasn't ever interested because that kind of weird 80s campy yeah. stuff, it doesn't really resonate with me all that much, mm-hmm. but uh, I mean, I think I have to watch them. You know? uh, I love 80s movie, or horror movies myself, um, uh, and, and this really falls into that. 
there's one way you can stream them if anyone's interested is you can go to fullmoonstreaming.com and sign up it's like six dollars a month and it's not because full moon owns puppet master and all the other movies they have there um it's not there's no country restrictions they they have the the rights and they can distribute them as they wish so i was happy to sign up for this because it's chock full of those uh <laughs> uh crazy uh, 80s films that they uh that uh that they have the rights to and and obviously made uh they made a whole bunch of them themselves but uh at the same time they, they I think they just purchased a lot of them as well anyways uh, go to there and sign up for $6 a month and uh and then you're 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 good to go you have all the puppet master films you can watch them one at one after the other awesome and uh, so I think that that's that's it for me with the news. How about you? I'm done. All right. Uh, so how about we uh, we take a small break here to uh, uh, reiterate who's sponsoring us? <laughs> and uh, when we come back, uh, how about I uh, step out of the room for a minute and step into another room where I'll talk with Mercedes? How about that? Stay tuned for that. All right. Wow. With unmatched success since 2012, Crystal Lake Publishing has quickly become one of the world's leading indie publishers of horror and thriller books with a mystery and suspense edge. With stories, interviews, and essays by the likes of Wes Craven, Neil Gaiman, Jack Ketchum, Ramsey Campbell, Kevin Lucia, Jasper Bark, Mercedes M. Yardley, Mark Allen Gunnels, and Clive Barker, you'll want to dive right in. Crystal Lake Publishing www.crystallakepub.com Like Darkness Dwells? Well, why don't you help out the show? The easiest way to do so is to sign on to your iTunes account, rate and review the Darkness Dwells podcast and we will forever forever love you for it and as always thank you for listening welcome back as promised we have another awesome guest on this uh, on the show for this week Mercedes M. Yardley is recently the Bram Stoker Award winner for her novella, Little Red Dead. She's also penned such novellas, such as Apocalyptic Montessa Nuclear Lulu, A Tale of Atomic Love, uh, Pretty Little Dead Girls, A Novel of Murder and Whimsy, both of which have been reviewed on previous episodes, and her novel uh, Nameless, The Darkness Comes, and her collection of short stories, Beautiful Sorrows. Welcome to the show, Mercedes. Hi, thanks for having me. No problem. Thanks for coming on. It was, it was a pleasure. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> this year, you won the Bram Stoker for Little Red Dead. Um, now, since it's fresh in your memory, um, what's it like being at the Stokers? I mean, this is the first one, uh, but or the first Stoker convention, but what was it like being there at that dinner and having your name announced as the winner? Oh, my gosh. You know, first I had a panic attack because there were so many people in the room, and my friend pulled me aside and calmed me down, and then we went back in because I'm really super nerdy and get nervous around a lot of people. And there are so many people in there that I admire so much, like F. Paul Wilson. Every yeah. time I see him, I love him, and he has been so kind to me and so gracious. But every time I see him, I just... <laughs> and, and there's no reason. I mean, he's been nothing. I mean, he's, he obviously knows. <laughs> you know? He's like, hello, hello, sweet Mercedes. And I'm like, I love you. And <laughs> you start to drool and everything. <laughs> it's, it's bad. Yeah. It's really bad. So I was in there, and I was actually sitting on the table next to F. Paul Wilson, so I could just admire him and feel dorky. And um, it was it was amazing. It, it was just really fun to look around and see all these people. And then when my name was called, I actually didn't even hear it because I was um, so convinced I wasn't going to win. It was my first nomination ever. And um, I just I was kind of looking around. I was checking out my fingernail polish because my fingernails were doing something weird. And my friend um, was like, they just called your name. You better you better go up there. And I'm like, for what? Before. And she's like, Mercedes. She's like, go, go. And I'm like, what? She's like, you won, goddammit. <laughs> So I get up there and I'm like, I don't have a speech, I say brilliantly, because I didn't have a speech because I didn't expect to win. So. <laughs> it was wonderful. It was it was so wonderful and so unexpected and I loved it so much. Do you so remember sincere. actually being up there and looking at the crowd? Looking at all those like, faces? Yeah, everybody everybody had those Oh, look at you smiles on like aren't you just <laughs> darling you're so lost you know <laughs> maybe there's some there. winners out there or previous winners out there who just know what you're going through right then like you know the world is suddenly spinning really fast maybe maybe that's it they're like you know next time write a speech or i'll hand you a speech to read on the way <laughs> it was wonderful i it was wonderful um one thing i like to do on the show is i like to get to know uh, the writers a little as we talk for the first time. Um, so tell us, where did you grow up? You know, I grew up in a small town called Castledale in Utah. So it's a very, very small desert area. Um, a lot of my work has to do with the desert, and it's based on the area where I'm from. So really super small. People were farmers. My father worked for the power plant, coal miners, that sort of blue-collar small town. Mm-hmm. Um, did, you, uh, did you do a lot of reading as a child? Oh yeah, that's that's all I did. <laughs> yeah, I, I I read our complete small town library. I read every book that came in and went out of it, um, and I couldn't believe when I finally got to go to college. Like the library was bigger. Oh yeah, you know, <laughs> like look at this. Some are fresh, but everything that we could get in, I I read. Didn't matter what it was. So that's that's what I did. I escaped quite a bit. You know. Did you have any favorites while while growing up and reading? Yeah, you know, Watership Down was one of my absolute favorites. Um, cool. But I really liked, and it's, you know, it's harrowing, and we made our kids watch it for Easter this year. <laughs> my daughter's five, and she's like, oh. <laughs> anyway, um, also The Lord of the Flies. Oh, I yeah. read that really, really young. I think I read that when I was eight. And I, I just, I really loved that book. It was dark, and it was gritty and scary, but 
that was an absolute favorite. So by the time we, you know, were in high school and studied it, I'm like, I know this one's set out, you know. (laughs) This is great. I can write this essay with my eyes closed. (laughs) But that and fairy tales. I read all the fairy tales I could get my hands on. Cool. Yeah. Um, Yeah, the fairy tale thing really comes out in your work, but we'll get to that later. Um, uh, Would you say that there's one writer who, or maybe a group of writers that was responsible for you becoming or wanting to become a writer? You know, I would say Irma Bombach. Are you familiar with her at all? She's no. like... I don't think <laughs> I am, no. <laughs> she is a humor writer. She was this woman that always wanted to write, and she wrote about being a mother in, like, mm-hmm. a suburban town. And she made it so funny. I mean, you need to check out her stuff. It's just laugh out loud. I was so sad when she passed away a few years ago. But I grew up reading her, and she made the most mundane things, like, hysterical. And she didn't go on adventures. She went to PTA, you know, and I liked that, that you could have, like, a normal life and still write about it. So she was kind of the ones that inspired me, number one, that women can write, and yeah. number two, that we can write about what we know, and it doesn't have to be, like, you know, your trip to India. It can be, like, your trip to the grocery store, and it's still worthwhile. There's still things in there that are of value. Yeah. Um, you know, that's very true, because, like, some of my favorite authors, I swear they could they could write about taking a bowel movement and some of them have and, and you're, you're still soaking it up like it's the best thing in the world you laugh you cry yeah, yeah. exactly and it all took five minutes <laughs> yeah that that was her i mean she just i haven't read her books in years and i need to read them again but oh i i tip my hat to her i mean if, if there's an afterlife i i want to be at her feet being like thank you just you're hysterical that's it's, awesome yeah, she's brilliant. Um, your writing style itself is uh, very poetic and beautiful. Um, how do you approach the language when you're writing a story? Uh, does the poetic prose come naturally, or, or do you struggle with it? it? It comes really naturally. I find that if I let myself be who I am versus, like, I need to write something to fit this anthology, and they say they want this particular, you know, bent sort of thing, if I'm trying to do that... I'm not really being true to myself, and it comes out a little more stark. But if I go into something, like, sometimes I really am in a lush mood. And I'm like, we're just going to describe the stars and the water and all this stuff. And and I let myself be myself, and it comes out well. Yeah. Um, but I find that when I get out of my own way, that's when I develop my, my voice. And, and, and I do like the poetic prose. I struggle with poetry itself as a form. And I'm trying to put out a book of poetry, and it's harder for me. But the prose... That's that's easy. It's simple. It's beautiful. The the words I like words. They are an addiction. So yeah. to see that language on the page, to hear somebody read it out loud and use words like you know exquisite and things dropping from her mouth like pearls. I love. I love that. Yeah, actually, I remember that that last sentence from uh, a recent short story of yours. Yeah, it, <laughs> it probably shows up in a couple. I you know I will recycle if there's a, a phrase that just. Uh, there's another one I use quite a bit, or I've used at least twice. It's called bird bones of calcium. Mm-hmm. Because I, or ribbons of calcium, talking about these bones, because that's just, that phrase is so apt. Yeah. It's got, you know, I'll, I'll use it twice, yeah. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> I'll do it again and again. <laughs> <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that, though. I mean, if you like it. And well, it fits, you know, it fits what I'm doing. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, when did you find that this poetic uh, prose of yours uh, was developed? Did you start out that way, or did did you have to really develop it? You know, I I kind of have 
two different uh, voices. I have kind of a, a snarky, not as poetic voice, like uh, Nameless is a little more straight, you know, first person, not as poetic. And then I have, you know, the kind of more lush, uh, verbally dense, poetic things. And they both, it's just whatever I'm writing. I didn't, I didn't have to work to develop it. Uh, again, I, I had to let myself get out of my own way. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to let myself, like, this is what I want to say. So why don't I say what I want to say instead of saying what people are telling me I should be saying and the way I should say it. And so when I finally was like, yeah, you know, give a, give a, give a finger to the world. I'm going to write what I want to write. That, that story that I wrote at that time was Pretty Little Dead Girls and it was quite poetic and, you know, the language is that story. That story is language. So, um, I just, I didn't have to work to develop it. I had to just allow myself to do it. Yeah. If that makes sense. No, totally. Um, you've written a lot of short stories and uh, yes. published a lot uh, of short stories. Uh, did you start writing short stories before moving on to novellas and novels, or, or or did you start with the short stories first? You know, I actually started with a novel first uh, that has never seen the light of day, and rightfully so. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm working on it. I'm going to go back and work on it and, and put it out because it, it is good. It just, you know, it's a first novel and it needs some fire <laughs> some, yeah, some extra eyes and and uh and pens filled with fire and started over yeah. but um and then i started to do short stories because i wanted to learn how to tell a complete story and it, it's so much easier in a short story um to to finish it <laughs> than it is a novel it can take you you know five days versus you know five months or however long and uh i wanted to learn how to um submit to markets Mm-hmm. I wanted to learn how to do these things, and I, I couldn't do that with a novel because I wasn't getting enough. It takes so long to ma- write a novel. I, it wasn't giving me the experience I needed. So I made a concentrated effort to work on short stories. That, and I love the form. I love flash, mm-hmm. flash fiction, which is like a thousand words or less. I love the idea of like giving a glimpse of something in such a small, confined space. It's really attractive to me. Yeah. So I you just... Know- Flash fiction, is, flash fiction is something that I have a lot of trouble with. I, I've only done maybe two or three. Oh, really? And uh, they're not... Well, one got published, but the uh, the place where it was published died a long time ago. Uh, they're hard to do. <laughs> How do you approach that? I I just... I don't think they're hard to do. I think, I think you're a liar, Jason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> You've caught me. I tend to write very... I don't write a lot of, um, uh, like, I'll say the girl had white hair. There you go. The girl had white hair. Mm-hmm. I'm not like the girl with her long, luxurious hair that was the color of, you know, whatever. I, I tend to write things very uh, sparse because I like to let the reader fill in what they think this person looks like on their own. Yeah. I'll be like, she was walking down the street. Or if I'm feeling especially, you know, verbose, I'll be like, she was walking down the neon lit street. <laughs> You know, yeah. and so it's easy for me to write shorter because I, I really like the idea of I'll toss you a hint of an idea, Jason, and you read it and fill it in, so it's more personal to you. You know, yeah. so for me, it's it's pretty simple. I struggle with longer works, making things long enough because I feel like I'm padding. Yeah, and I'm like, we want to know what this like demon looks like, and like it was a demon, it was dark and it had teeth, and I'm like, no, <laughs> we need two more paragraphs of this demon, and I'm like, eh, you know. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know what, though, approaching stories that way is, is really cool because uh, some of my favorite stories uh, relied on my imagination because uh, that's how you interact with the reader um, by uh, not giving too many details, by letting the reader come up with their own. 
Yes, I agree. I love that. And I love movies, but I love books more than movies because the movie just puts it in your face. Here's what they imagined. Here it is. Here's what you see. And the book's like, I'll suggest what I imagined. You fill it in until that villain is tailored to you. Yeah. You know, until that. And I, I love that. I, it's so much more personal and really hands-on and like the personable aspect of that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of the best movies will uh, do the same thing by leaving it to your own imagination, but I guess because of marketing, and or not marketing, but uh, production and whatnot, uh, they rarely ever do that. Right. The Babadook <laughs> was good about oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and I loved that. I loved that movie. That, I was like, ah. Oh. That was a fantastic movie. It, it really displayed what depression is like and, uh, it, it and, did. and similar things. It, yeah. <laughs> Going insane, too. Depression, <laughs> possession, insanity, yeah. whatever. You know, whatever. All of it, yeah. It, yeah. It was wonderful, and it wasn't in your. It wasn't. It didn't talk down to us. I felt no. as an audience, it wasn't like okay. Well, now I'm going to tell a story, and I'm going to dumb it down into bite-sized pieces for consumers. It was like, okay, you've seen this movie twice, and you can't exactly 100 percent say exactly what happened. Exactly, I love that. That's, I love. That's why I love that movie because uh, it's really open to interpretation. Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Um, your bio uh, mentions. Uh, speaking of, you know. Uh, mothers, uh, <laughs> your bio mentions that you you have uh, three kids and little Crazy mothers. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I and three you, kids. Yeah, you have kids, and it also said that uh, you don't really have the time to write. I have uh, I have one kid, and he soaks up a lot of what could be uh, used as writing time, which is fine. But you find yourself struggling. Uh, you know, to do the podcast, to do uh, the writing and whatnot. So how do you do it, especially with everything you've been releasing lately? Oh, you know, my, I'm really open about my writing with the kids. It's hard right now because it's summer and they're all home from school. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> we're in a tiny little house and we're like on each other's laps because there's nowhere to be, you know, there's not enough room. But I'll be like, okay, kids, I'm writing. And, and what works really well for me is I have a timer. Mm-hmm. So I'm writing for 15 minutes. For 15 minutes, unless you are bleeding, do not. <laughs> I will not answer any questions. Mom, can I have some ice cream? And I'm like, timer. And they're like, Mom, she hit me. And I'm like, timer. <laughs> <laughs> like, at the end of the 15 minutes. And I make sure I don't do more than that because they won't. 15 minutes, they can wait. You know, 15 yeah. they can. 20, 25, you know, then they can't wait after that. They're they're little, you know. But, um. I have to do that, and then I have to step away. And it's frustrating to, you know, write for 15 minutes and then step away from your story. And I write in the middle of the, the kitchen. I, I'm, I'm not secluded anywhere, you know. Yeah. Um, so I'm in the middle of the kitchen. They're around me. They can see me. They know they have access to me. They know that they're the most important thing in my life. But every now and then, Mommy sets a timer. Yeah. <laughs> you mommy know, has so, to go so, away, even yes. though she's still present. <laughs> so, <laughs> so that's how. And it's it's hard. Yeah. This morning I got up at 5 o'clock and wrote for half an hour before they did. Uh-huh. And I am not a morning person. It was terrible. It was it was awful. It was, yeah. <laughs> but, but I have a deadline, so I have to do it, you know. Yeah. But, oh, 5 o'clock, no, no. <laughs> That's a terrible time to have to get up. <laughs> it was, I wrote I wrote about rage, and I, I felt it. You know? <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe it was a good time then, yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I've said this before on the show, but uh, I, I found that I have a, a job where I work weird hours. I work like 12 hours on the continental shift, so it switches between days and nights. And uh, so 
because of my job, I find myself I'm I'm able to sit down a lot while I'm there, and so I'm able to write on my cell phone using like Word, uh, Microsoft Word, and uh, yes. and all that. So that that's that's a really awesome thing in today's world. It's something you couldn't do maybe even five years ago. That is, I actually I uh, used to teach a class called Writing in Stolen Moments, and that's one of the things that I would say is like use that time you have, you know, and even your memo on your phone, and you're like keep a memo, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, just to have it handy, yeah. You couldn't, I mean, you would be, like, with your little post-it note five years ago. You know? <laughs> yeah. Or, or I just would have been handwriting or something. Oh, yeah, handwriting. I guess I'm going back. I'm like, you're going to have, like, your, your stone in your chisel five years ago. <laughs> tink, tink, tink. <laughs> I almost got the, the done. <laughs> Good job. That's fantastic. <laughs> that was a busy day. <laughs> oh, in, uh, in 2012, Shock Totem published your first collection of short stories, uh, oh, yeah. Beautiful Sorrows. So how did that come about, and how did you choose the stories to go in that collection? Oh, my goodness. So Shock Totem, I, actually, I sent them uh, um, a short story. They were my second uh, acceptance ever, was into Shock Totem. And then after I had hung around with them on the forum for a while, they're like, hey, do you want to be a member of the staff? And I was like, well, yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> so then I was um, shopping around my short story collection, and I had mentioned to them that I was looking at different places to send it, and they were kind of like, well, why didn't you ask us? I'm like, I don't know how to think about it. So um, they wanted to learn how to put out a collection and put out, because now they're um, not a magazine. The magazine is now on hiatus, yeah. and they're doing book publishing instead. <clears throat> they wanted to learn how to do that, and I wanted to put out this this you know short story collection. So... Um, it was great because I got to learn from both sides of the fence. You know, I as a writer learned what they were doing and as a publisher learned how to put one together as well. And I, if I were to do it now, I don't, I wouldn't have put as many in as I did because I have like 27 stories in there. Oh, wow. Yeah. And some of them are like super flash, like, okay, this one's, you know, I would take some of the maybe filler out or just leave the ones that are super strong. Mm -hmm. But I, I just took, I took my stories, I took my favorites and Ken Wood, the editor, he said, put it together like you would a conceptual music album, which hmm. didn't help me because I don't do music albums. <laughs> but he's like, you start out, you know, and then you, you want to create a mood and you want to make them, you know, excited. And then you want to slow it down. You don't want it to be the same, you know, the same tempo all the time. You want these different things. So you have like your sad story and then you have, you know, kind of a, a breather story and then you have your happy story. It, I loved it. It was so much fun. I'm actually working on something else that I can't talk about per se yet mm -hmm. but will be fantastic that hopefully I can talk about soon so awesome yeah. can't wait until Me you either. can talk about it maybe you can come back on the show and we could talk about it when you can talk about it <laughs> I love that <laughs> I'm really really excited yeah alright so uh, Nameless The Darkness Comes is your first is that your first full length novel that you've published yes um, so considering that's your first full length novel and you said that you started writing a novel and then switch to short stories. Uh, do you do you find that you have a preference these days, writing longer or shorter fiction? You know, I really like both of them for what they are. I really like digging into a novel and getting to know the characters and getting more time to play with them. Uh, Nameless is actually so it's actually my my fourth or fifth novel I had written, but my first one published um, because it just the way you write them that's not the order they come out in. It's really funny and weird how publishing works, but. So, and it's also my first trilogy. 
So now I'm writing the second book of Nameless, and it's so weird because usually it's like you have your short story and you get these characters and you see their lives and there's your, you know, whatever it is, and then the story's done at the end. You move yeah. on. <laughs> and then it's like, okay, well, you get a novel and you, you get to draw out and experiment with them more and, and spend more time in the, in the sandbox with them, and then you're done. But with, like, a trilogy, I'm like, whoa, I was already in the sandbox with them. Now there's more. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so weird and different. It's a different beast with each thing. But I really like I really like novels, I think. Short stories will probably always be my favorite, but I like the complexity of a novel that you can't really do in a short story unless it's long fiction. Yeah. So, you know, a long short story. Uh, Nameless is published by uh, Crystal Lake Publishing. Yes. Uh, uh how did that come about? Uh, did, was it as simple as you uh, sending in your work and it getting picked out of the slush pile, or did Joe approach you? Oh, well, there's actually a... I was uh, with Ragnarok public- Publications, and I had, um, I think, six books with them. I want to say six that I had signed. And um, I ended up splitting with them. And I was very hesitant to do so because yeah, I didn't want to lose all my books and pull my books out of print and... Um, Joe actually did approach me because um, he had another author that was splitting with Ragnarok that worked with Joe. Uh-huh. And Joe came and said, if you ever feel like you want to split with Ragnarok, I will take your six books you published with them and put them out under Crystal Lake. Oh, wow. That is so generous. And probably what gave me the courage to make that split. Yeah. Because uh, publishers don't want to take books that have already been published. Why would they want to do that? It's already been out. But he was gracious enough to do that and then take the two remaining nameless books. So... So yeah, he did approach me. <laughs> it was it was pretty amazing. Uh, so I he I gave him four books that had already been published, and then the two um, sequels to the Nameless book, which I'm currently writing now. So he had four reprints and two um, completely new. Wow. So I got to got to call my mom and say, "Hey, mom, I just signed a six book deal with this publishing company," <laughs> and I think she fainted. You know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think she probably would. I mean, <laughs> it's not easy doing that these days. No, it is. It really isn't. No. And Joe, but Joe is a fantastic guy. I mean, he's a, uh, Crystal Lake Publishing sponsors the show, and uh, and he's been uh, he's been incredible. Really, really good. Good with communication. Good with his authors. Good, you know, telling you what he needs from you. Good on follow up. Just yeah, I I couldn't be more pleased. Yeah. So, Nameless is the first of uh, that trilogy. Can you tell us what that series is about, without spoiling too much? Yes. Um, it's about a girl named Luna, and she sees the demonic. And um, a lot of it has to do with people in her life not believing her. And her father um, had taken his life um, when she was young. And so she always felt like, okay, I'm seeing these things. My father saw these things. He ended up killing himself. Am I just crazy? You know, am I really seeing these things? But but I love it because she eventually meets a guy that um, becomes, he sees angels. And so he's seeing things that she can't see, and she's being attacked by things he can't see. And then there's this demon with, like, this all mouthy. She calls him mouth because he just goes off all the time. And really a fun cast of characters. So um, Luna's brother, Luna's niece gets kidnapped, and she has to go try and find her niece. And it's, it was a lot of fun to write. She's, you know... She's bad. She's, you know, super snarky. She rides a motorcycle. I wrote the book when I was, like, getting my motorcycle, so I was all about the bike, you know. And so <laughs> so just, it's a really fun read, but it's dark. And I like that. It's very fun, but it's, um, you know, it talks about suicide. It talks about insanity and in families. It talks about, you know, 
d- demonic things in particular, and just um, I really like it a lot. It has a lot of depth to it that people I don't think expect. They expect kind of like, oh, it's a demon slayer. No, it's not. She's terrible at it. She doesn't want to slay demons. She wants to be left alone. Yeah. You know, but they follow her, and what can she do about it? And she makes mistakes, and I like that because I read too many books where the hero is like, aha, and I did this perfectly. I like someone <laughs> that just, just mucked it up, you know? And flawed characters and flawed heroes. Yeah. She's like, oh, I, I think I did something terribly wrong here, you know? <laughs> I but, fucked up. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> what can you do? Yeah. I like that. I like that in books. Yeah, me too. That's actually my favorite. And <laughs> I, think that's, I think that's what draws me uh, to your work is, is, you know, you write flawed characters. And that's, uh, like I just said, that's one of my favorite things to read in fiction. Um, around the... Uh, uh, oh, yeah. Before I go on to the next question, uh, I had... Uh, when writing a, a trilogy, uh, did you have, uh, did you plan, like, okay, this book is going to be a, the first of a trilogy, or did you, like, uh, just figure it out halfway through writing it, or maybe near the end, like, okay, this could be a trilogy? Um, my, I had written a standalone book, and my publishers at the time were like, hey, what do you think about a trilogy? Okay. And I was like, oh, that, that could be fun. <laughs> and then they announced it half an hour later, so... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, well, I guess I'm writing a trilogy. <laughs> so this is actually, they said, well, you know, if this were a trilogy, what would you call it? And I was like, hmm. And, and so I went to a piece of paper where I had like a whole bunch of like titles that I liked or words that captured my attention. And I'm like, the Bone Angel. I like that. The Bone Angel Trilogy. <laughs> so yeah. that's what it was called. So then we joked, the first book was called Nameless because I, I didn't name that book forever. I didn't have a title. Mm-hmm. And so my writer's group and I would talk about Nameless, the book. And finally I'm like, wait, that fits the book perfectly, so Nameless. Yeah. Second was called Plotless because I didn't plan for it. And the third was called <laughs> What the Heck is a Bone Angel? Because <laughs> it was the Bone Angel. But So, you know, I'm coming up with better names now. But it was like Nameless, Plotless, and What the Heck is a Bone Angel? You know it's what? a Bone Angel trilogy, but I don't even know what one is. You know? Because you're inside the box, um, uh, those names might not seem very cool to you, but when you're outside the box, you're like, oh, that's pretty clever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> All right. Yeah. So you, you're, you won that one. All right. Thank you. <laughs> so uh, Myself. when you write, uh, this uh, talking about this book uh, also made me wonder, or this trilogy, I should say, made me wonder, are you a discovery writer or do you, do you plan, oh, plan yes. the whole thing out? Absolute discovery writer. I... I don't plan. I don't plot. To me, that takes the excitement away from the book. Yeah. So um, I don't know if you read Pretty Little Dead Girls, but um, I didn't know the ending of that book until I got to the ending of that book. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the themes of the book is, you know, will she live or will she die? I didn't know until I got to that scene. You know, people are like, what's going to happen to her? And I'm like, I have no idea. You know, so <laughs> I just like to sit and uncover and see what feels right. Yeah. See where it takes me, see where I think. Yeah, I, I don't plot, and it's probably very detrimental to me because I'm sure I could get things done quicker if I had, you know, knew where I was going. But, oh, I like the discovery. I yeah. like that adventure. I like that, too. I especially like... For, sometimes it's annoying, but most for the most part, I like it when the story sort of takes itself over. Yeah. And you're just like... You know, you hear people say, Oh... Hello? Hello? 
Hello? Is that better? Yes. Hello. Oh. <laughs> Did you, were you getting the sounds that I was getting? No, I just had silence. Oh my gosh, it went like, and like, it was, I had never heard anything like that. It was like a sound effect from a bad robot movie. Wow. <laughs> I'm like, really? <laughs> that's weird. Um, I've, that's the first time, well, I've been cut off on Skype many times, but it was the first time I've ever had trouble, like, getting back uh, connected. It was weird. Yeah, I've never seen anything like it. Oh, okay, so we're on a completely different, I'm just putting this computer away in shame. Like, <laughs> You're bad. <laughs> <laughs> you sit there and you think about what you've done. <laughs> Uh, we'll just continue where uh, where we were. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm like aliens. Look to the sky, Jason. What do you see? <laughs> I see gremlins, and they're everywhere. I, I watched that on Sunday, and my husband had never seen it before. Can really? <sighs> Your husband never saw gremlins before. No, he never saw gremlins. Oh, I I saw that when I was a kid. Um, yeah, me too. He's a weirdo. <laughs> But I haven't seen Star Wars, so... Oh, <laughs> well, you're a weirdo, too, then. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Luke, and he still loves me. <laughs> ah, excellent. <laughs> okay, we'll go back to where we were. <laughs> okay, so... Um, yeah, so around the same time, you published what is now the Bram Stoker Award winner, Little uh, Dead Red. So can you tell us what that one's about? Yeah, it's a, it's a retelling of the story Little Red Riding Hood. Yeah. Um, I, Ah, uh, I love the story. I was approached by Stacy Turner, who is a, a wonderful editor and writer, and she just said, "Hey, we're putting together an anthology, and it's going to be grim fairy tales retold by women." And I was like, "Yes!" <laughs> and chose Little Red Riding Hood, and it's uh, it's about a woman, um, Grim Marie, and her daughter Alita, and um, uh, Marie's um, helps make some soup, and Alita's going to take it to her grandmother, you know, and ride the bus across town to go take it. And she never gets to her destination. So it's all about, you know, what happened to her daughter and revenge and and guilt and all these different things. It's it's a, probably the darkest thing I ever wrote. I think um, it's pretty it's pretty bleak, but it's it's beautiful. I think too. So yeah, um, are you like me at all? When you wrote write something that comes out much darker than you planned, do you get a little thrill? <laughs> I, I do. <laughs> <laughs> you sick twist. Um, <laughs> You've caught me yeah. again. <laughs> <laughs> I I do. I, I cried when I wrote this book. And I'm like, this, or, it's so sad and awful. And I actually, I hated it, too. I hated it. I was like, well, this is just blah. I always hate my work. And then after, you know, three or four months, I look at it and I'm like, oh, this, is, this isn't as bad yeah. as I thought. So but yeah, there, there was a thrill. Like, this is, you know... People are like, you destroyed me with this story. And I'm like, did I? You know? It's power. It's, it's, to, it's to, to realize you're writing with power. And that is, that's what we want as writers, is to be able to elicit emotion in people. And yes. When someone says, yeah, I totally I hugged my daughter, it's like, well, thank you. I'll take it <laughs> You put on the witch hat and... (laughs) (laughs) I I already have it on. It's stapled to my head. It never leaves. (laughs) And then you put on the black lipstick, too. (laughs) That's always there. (laughs) (laughs) I rub my hands together. (laughs) (laughs) My evil plan worked. (laughs) 
So uh, <laughs> this year you've been uh, pretty busy. Um, in March you published uh, two uh, fair, uh, short, shorter novels back to back: "Pretty Little Dead Girls" and uh, Apoc- "Apocalyptic Montessa" and "Nuclear Lulu." Um, was there a reason for those two being released so close together? Were they a part of that uh, deal you were talking about before? They were. Mm-hmm. They were. And so that's why they were released so close together. Oh. I um, would never suggest that <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it was part of them um, being so kind to put my books back in print as quickly as they could for me. Because um, Pretty Little Dead Girls is my favorite thing that I ever wrote in my whole life. And to pull that out of print was just like it's it's hard to pull them all but it was like oh my baby you know and um joe at crystal lake was really kind and like well let's get let's go get those back in print for you and i'm like thank you joe you know (laughs) so that was why yes those two and little dead red actually and um gosh there's another one but i can't think of it no nameless Uh Mm uh-huh and uh i think those are the four that were already written wow so it has been it it's, has been a year. It has been a year. Like, a crazy year. Um, you won a Bram Stoker. <laughs> <laughs> and that was that. that's fantastic right there. But you've also published a lot of stories, uh, a lot of uh, uh, novels. And so you're, you're really kicking some ass. Thank you. <laughs> it's, it's to make up for last year. When I was leaving uh, my previous publishers, I just felt like, felt like I was taking a huge step back in my career, mm-hmm. you know? You have all these things you work to get out, and then to pull them and not have them out anymore, it just, I'm back at square one. You know, it was very depressing and, yeah. you know, emotionally very crippling. And so then this year, this year Joe's like, and they're all out! And I'm like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I, I had a similar yeah. experience, actually, because uh, I sold a novel to Permuted Press, and I didn't know that they were going through a huge change when they uh, when they uh, signed me up, and then they ended up dropping me before uh, even putting out the work. So, so uh, it was like, yeah, I found a publisher to. Oh, I'm back to square one. <laughs> yeah, and then you just kind of look around, like, what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's a it's an emotional roller coaster too. It really is. Yeah. It's so hard to explain it to people that aren't writers because they're like, "Well, so what?" And you're like, it's "My life, my life is over." You know, <laughs> yes, yes, that's what I want to do. Don't you understand? <laughs> I'm gonna jump now. You just you <laughs> bye. And they're like, "Yeah, you know, pick up milk on your way home." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh man, uh, recently uh, Crystal Lake published Gutted, uh, beautiful horror stories, and your yes. story, Water Thy Bones, is uh, well, it's most certainly a, a very beautiful story. Uh, but it's very dark too. It's very darkly beautiful, which is the point of the uh, the anthology. But uh, the imagery you summon with your language is is just pure art. I mean, it, it's a fantastic uh, read. Um, but it also seems like it might have been a bit of an inspiration for the uh, for the cover. Uh, while I was reading it, I couldn't help but picture some of the things from the cover uh, coming through. Oh, I I wish, but I actually think the cover was probably done first because they had that going. A long time ago. It also kind of matches with Stephanie um, Watinovich's poem, too, mm-hmm. which is so funny. But I actually saw a, I ha- I saw a, a picture um, that really inspired me, some art. And it was a skull, a, a skeleton, and it had flowers in it. And the skull was kind of ripping itself apart, like ripping in half and all these flowers. But it's imagery that I really enjoy and I've used quite a bit over the years because I just love that idea of bones and flowers and vines and 
that you can take something that's dead and gone and make something alive out of that. I yeah. really have always been attracted to that. So it was wonderful to be able to use that in a story for such an amazing anthology. I mean, I read that anthology, and it, it does gut you. Yeah. <laughs> you finish it, and you're like, well, I am so depressed, but that was so beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the most gorgeous of depressions. <laughs> <laughs> that's very true. Um, but, you know, uh, the, the stories are fantastic. Uh, it's a really stellar anthology. It is. It really. I think it's a, a hallmark for for Crystal Lake. I mean, that's a. They pulled together some big names too. Oh, I mean, yeah. anytime you're like, I have Neil Neil Gaiman and Clive Barker in the same anthology. You know, you're like, yeah. whoa, that's <laughs> some star power. It's mind blowing, and yeah, um, uh, I can't wait to see what Joe you know pulls off next. Because, like, where do you uh, go from here? <laughs> I know, and he, he has all these ideas. He has his, you know, Silver Scream series and Tales from the Lake and all these. He just, I'm really impressed with Crystal Lake. I'm quite enjoying the ride and seeing them rise. I hope they don't rise too fast. You know, I think that's a, a pob- problem in the publishing industry is um, people jump on and it goes too fast. And you can't maintain that. Yeah. Um, but he seems to be very... I mean, he's booked through until, like, 2017. Yeah. Um, he, so he's, like, taking things on very carefully, which I think is wonderful. He's not like, eh, whatever, give me your books. You know, he's like, okay, well, you'll have to wait three years, but, you know. Yeah. That's very typical, though, in the publishing world. It is, except for small press tends to go a lot faster. Yeah. Um, so I really admire that he's like, no, that really will take three years. You know, you yeah. really do need to wait, which I think is great business sense. Yeah. And he's uh, he's pulling it off, and he's doing a wonderful job, and so are you. Um, oh, thank you. You're uh, you've really st- like this year has like got your stamp on it. <laughs> that makes me feel good. <laughs> thank you. You've really uh... you've really bloomed, and uh, congratulations, by the way, on the Bram Stoker. Oh, thank you so much. That was uh, you know what a surprise that was. That was a that was a joy. That was such a joy, but I didn't. I didn't expect that, so I love it. It's on my on my desk. My daughter uses it. It's at you know the Bram Stoker Awards, a little house, a little haunted house yeah, with the door yeah. that opens. <laughs> and my daughter plays with it um, right now. Jesus and Maleficent and Sleeping Beauty and One My Little Pony all live at the house. <laughs> <laughs> so she keeps me humble. I'm That's... like, where's mommy's very pre- prestigious award? And she's like, Jesus is doing laundry. I'm like, okay, well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, okay, I remember. I'll, I'll get it later then. <laughs> you know, family is really good for that. <laughs> they? Yeah. You're not so special. Give me food, Mom. <laughs> you start to feel like a rock star, and they roll their eyes. <laughs> oh, there they go again. <laughs> this is my mom being goofy. <laughs> <laughs> what a silly person. <laughs> so, um, <coughs> excuse me. Speaking of kids and giving you uh, things, uh, my kid gave me a cough. <laughs> oh, oh, hooray! That's that was very generous. <laughs> very. I thanked him. I thank him every time it happens. <laughs> <laughs> and you glare at him with steely eyes. Yeah. I get it. I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, and I think he does it on purpose. But anyway, <laughs> can can you? Uh, is there anything coming out soon that you can tell us about? Oh goodness! Well, I just had Chiral Mad Three come out. I have a story in, and Madhouse came out, and I have a story in. Mm-hmm. And gutted came out that I have a story in. And um, let's see, Dark Discoveries issue 34 just came out that I have a story in. But mm-hmm. I can't think of something that's coming. <laughs> Nothing <laughs> um, big? 
Nothing. Well, um, Nameless 2 will be out in a couple of months. Excellent. Um, right now, because I still can't decide on the name, I'm not. I'm no longer calling it Plotless. I think it's going to be Heartless. Okay. Heartless, the Demon Prince. Yeah. Should be coming out in around, I would say, November-ish. So that's that's where that's where I am now. Excellent. Um, where can readers find you online? I am all over the place. I live online. Um, and in a pillow fort with my children. Uh, <laughs> we were discussing that earlier. Um, so yeah. I have a blog. It's called abrokenlaptop.com because I type so hard that I break all the keys off my laptops. I, I don't know why I do that, but I have like five that I've destroyed the keys on. Wow. <laughs> it's I know. My husband's like, this is just, I'm ashamed of you. Um, I'm also on Facebook as Mercedes Murdoch Yardley. If you want to be chatty, if you um, just want to read about a post about what's going on with the writing and don't want anything to do with day-to-day life. I have an author's page. It's just Mercedes M. Yardley. And I'm on Goodreads and um, Twitter as Mercedes M. Y. And uh, I think that's it. All right. Well, thanks very much for being on the show. So that was uh, that was <coughs> excuse me me and uh, uh, Mercedes. Uh, it was a pretty interesting conversation. Um, it got near the end there, and within the last ten minutes or so, we got disconnected, <laughs> and uh, we had a hell of a lot of trouble. Uh, <coughs> we had a hell of a lot of trouble getting back in touch because for some reason I don't know if it was on her end or my end, but. Uh, uh, she, she all she could hear was these weird robot sounds, as as you just heard. <laughs> and so we we kind of flew with that and had a, a good conversation. <laughs> about you know, I'm really upset that I, I missed that one. I'm really I'm really sad that I I wasn't in on that. That's because her uh, her gutted short story, Water Thy Bones, is just absolutely brilliant. I know, and, and I really did want to want to talk to her. So my apologies to to Mercedes and. Well, you were feeling. Hopefully, so. we'll have her on again. Yeah, well, we will. I'm pretty sure because, uh, uh, well, she and I hit it off really well, and she's she's very uh, 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 she's very easy to talk to. It, it felt like I've I've known her for years. This is one of those things, you know. Within the first five yeah. minutes of talking to her, it was like, it's like, wow, I can talk to this person. <laughs> and there's no awkwardness. There's no, uh, uh, you know, it's you know, shooting the shit like, uh, like, like I do with, you know, good close friends. Yeah, we're, uh, we're a tight bunch in the horror community, I think. You know, we write all this, all this weird, bizarre crap, but yeah. <laughs> a lot of really friendly people, like, oh, yeah, more, sure. more so, because I think we exercise our demons. Yeah, <laughs> I think so, too. There's also a lot of infighting and, and whatnot, but I think that's, that comes with the territory being human. Yeah, and uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, I don't want to say fans. There's some uh, <laughs> disjointed people out there who would do terrible things if one of their favorite authors uh, uh, spoke out against any writer, and that's been known to happen. And if you're uh, a fan of horror, hopefully you're not one of them because that's just disgusting. 
Yes, don't be a hater. Yeah, Leave just, your hate between the pages. And you know what? Do your research when something comes up, and uh, think for yourself. Don't follow what somebody, what your favorite author or, or whatever says, even if it's if it seems sane. If if you're gonna have an opinion about it, do your research. Okay, Very well I'm, gonna, I'm gonna get off my pedestal now. Cause we got we got deep there. We did. But, you know that's kind of rare. Pretty good, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if you want to get a hold of us and maybe yell at me for stepping on a pedestal in the first place, uh, you can do so easily. Um, we have a, a web uh, a website, which we do have. It's uh, wheredarknessdwells.com. Uh, uh, speaking of that address, it's very similar to our Facebook page, which you can go and like. And uh, go to www.facebook.com slash wheredarknessdwells. We have a Twitter feed. Um... And that is, uh, the handle for that is at darkdweller74. And you can shoot us an email. Shoot us an email, man. Send us, uh, what you think of the show. And, uh, you can even send in a, a, a recording of your voice. <laughs> and, and you can tell us to our ears what you think. Or bring up Boy, any that's, topic. That's a Pandora's box now that you're opening. Yeah. <laughs> Oh no! Yeah, the Pandora's <laughs> box will be silence. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> nothing. Um, we'll open that box and there will be nothing in there. But yeah, do it anyway. Prove me wrong, and uh, and you can do that. Uh, send it to uh, darknessdwells74 at gmail dot com. All right, I think that's it. Well, there's a Facebook group as well. You can uh, look it up and join it. And okay, that's it. I think. It's a lot to remember. Lots of opportunities out there. Yes. A lot of places. So please. Oh, yeah. And also, we would really love you if uh, if you uh, went on to whatever platform you're listening to this on, whether it's iTunes, Stitcher, or anywhere else, uh, please uh, rate and review. Because rating and reviewing us, it helps uh, Stitcher and iTunes advertise us so we can find even more listeners. All right, so I think that just about does it. What do you say, Michael? I think we had a great show. It's it's time to say goodbye. Oh. Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, we will see you again next week. Stay dark, my friends. Stay dark, indeed. probably editing it out but um all of a sudden my my computer started making these weird lightsaber sounds <laughs> and it sounded like robotic falling stars and i'm like jason oh. and i hear him go hello because hello. <laughs> his voice was all weird and i'm like oh <laughs> now, what would what would you have done if i had been if i was being attacked by robots or something <laughs> you know the robot apocalypse i didn't expect that for another 20 years but <laughs> what, what i mean it started here in where i am in canada 
That would be kind of <laughs> weird, eh? <laughs> so, I, I was talking to a guy when this shit started. <laughs> and he was so polite as they took him away. Hello? He Hello? said politely. Like, I'm like, Mercedes, help me. <laughs> I'll be like, uh, I'm, I'm going to film this, right? I can sell this, right? <laughs> this footage. <laughs> And then he just went. <laughs> and then he was gone. And then I, I, it was all over the news that robots are attacking people. And they started in I was Canada. famous. I had it first. <laughs> <laughs> I have oh, it right my. here. <laughs> you write a book about it. It's a YouTube sensation. It went viral. <laughs> it did. <laughs> Something like that would have to. I mean. Oh, it, it would. Yeah. Well, that'd be sad to be, you know... Yeah, I'm this writer, and I... No, wait, then the robots took him away, and, you know, be the sad robot girl. <laughs> like, that's, that's who oh, I am now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, you were disturbed by the uh, whole incident. <laughs> I mean, well, hearing somebody get murdered by robots... <laughs> yeah, because robots really aren't known for being super intelligent. I mean, they just do what they're programmed to do. I imagine the whole thing would be messy, too. Like, yeah, so who would program a robot to come after you? Uh, I, I'm assuming that it's just swipe, sweeping the town or something. <laughs> no, no, no. You specifically. You've got to go back into your history. Now it becomes a mystery. Oh, yeah. Well, there's that. It could be, <laughs> I, maybe it's something in the future. Maybe maybe I, I took the podcasting too far. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. You, you, <laughs> and so they sent some, something in back in time to wipe me out before I could do that. Well, doesn't that make you feel good to know you have that much potential? (laughs) Yeah, but then I didn't get to do it because I got (laughs) slaughtered by robots. Oh, yeah, I guess there's that. (laughs) I guess guess there is a downside, the whole slaughter thing. Yeah. (laughs) Do, do, do. It wasn't that nice. It was all... And I'm like, what is is going on? Is my computer melting? And your voice was so strange, Jason. You're like, hello? And I'm like, oh my gosh. That's like, weird. It, it was weird. Because there was this one time, uh, there's an episode uh, in the past where uh, I, I bought this new mic and I didn't hook it up correctly. Uh, so what happened was it was recording my voice too slow uh, <laughs> and compared to real time. So when I played it back, it was like, <laughs> and it gave me the chills because it sounded like some kind of demonic force and I, I was like literally scared <laughs> I was like that oh is my God. so cool do you still have that footage yeah actually I put, that- it, I put it up because it was supposed to be something for that week right but that whole thing destroyed it so <laughs> so I was like okay this is what happened guys you know and uh, and it, it, so I, I played like an ex, ex ugh, an excerpt from it uh, let me see uh, <laughs> let me see what episode it is. Yeah, I would love I'll have to go it's look like, that up. I would love to hear that. It's like early on. Um very early on. I think it's like in the teens somewhere. Like uh episode uh, I wanna say thirteen, but that would just be even more weird, wouldn't it? Hey, that's my lucky number. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I thought so for a long time too. I really did. <laughs> <laughs> And then you were slaughtered by robots, so yes. obviously it didn't work for you. Yes, and there was, I was thinking of the number 13 when it happened. <laughs> 13 robots. Yes, I was slaughtered by 13 robots. There we go. <laughs> you know what? I have a song that I am going to send you on your Facebook so you can listen to. Okay. That totally reminds me of this. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> Being slaughtered by robots. <laughs> la, la, la. I'll play you one on the ukulele. I'll write one specifically for you. Then the robots came, da-da-da-da-da, and Jason died, da-da-da-da-da. So horrible, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no, episode 13 is actually uh, the Babadook, interesting enough. Seriously? Yeah. Very cool. 
What episode is this? This is episode uh, 60, actually. Look at you, you and your futuristic podcasting. I know, eh? Uh, the weird episode is episode 9, Shoggoth okay. and the Computer, I called it. <laughs> <laughs> or what was supposed to be a conversation about It Follows. And uh, so It Follows came the next week on episode 10, but yeah, it's very weird, like... <laughs> it's, it gave me it gave me shivers. That's awesome. I'll yeah. go listen to that and to hear. It, could you recognize your voice in it? I mean, did it sound no. like you at all, or was it like? No, it was very demonic. It was like uh, I was talking with my co-host Michael, and uh, he was like, "Hello, hi," and then it was like, <laughs> "I'm serious about that." It was like it just kept on going on. So what I did was I played around with the, the with the speeds after I you know cleaned up my pants. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I played around with the speeds, and I, I sped it up really quick. And uh, where Michael was sounding like a chipmunk, and uh, I was like, "Hello, hi, how's it going? Yeah, awesome." And I was like, "Oh, so somehow my mic recorded my voice really slow or something." And it was just a, one of the weirdest things. That is so. See, I'm I have I'm having short story ideas already. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like. I... So what what is so cool about that to me is that you're saying like you're you're understanding your words, you're understanding things that you have said in a voice that is not yours. Yeah, that's horrifying and might go into the book I'm writing right now. It, it so, is. It was you. it was literally really scary because I played it back to to edit it and whatnot, and I was like, oh my god, like what the <laughs> hell's going on? You're like looking at your hands for stigmata. You're like, what's going? On? <laughs> okay, I'm gonna go get a cross, see if it burns when I touch it. <laughs> I'm gonna salt the earth. Salt yeah. the earth. <laughs> it, but yeah, I, I literally—I was really scared. I was like, "I'm not. I'm more of an agnostic. I don't necessarily believe in in the supernatural, but there's still that possibility, right?" And right. so when you hear it, you're like, "Oh my! Like, oh, I, I can't. Like, it was like I was in a, a horror story. <laughs> literally, oh, you feel like the blood drain from your head, and you're just like, oh." What's going on? It, it was one of the scariest things, man. See, I'm eating this up. This is one of the best things I've ever heard. I'm like, <laughs> exactly, how did you feel when the blood drank from your head? I'm writing this down. But you get, you get like, uh, lightheaded, and uh, you just feel cold suddenly, you know? It's like, yeah. you know, I never really, uh, maybe in emergency situations where you almost got into a car accident or something, where you feel that, you know, that, that moment where it feels like somebody pulled the... Uh, the floor from you and you're like falling suddenly that that sort of feeling you know that yeah. that sort of, that sudden panic i guess you could call it it was uh <laughs> i had to listen to it a few times in a row just to see if you know i heard correctly and i did and then i i played it for michael my co-host and he was like oh my god that's scary <laughs> <laughs> thankfully i found out the reason though because i was like this is like mind-boggling i don't know what's going on here and when I found out, it was a bit of a relief, you know. Um, you know, my computer isn't possessed after all. Neither am I. Yay! Oh, good. Oh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love that though. It's like something that's just a normal everyday thing for you. Like here you are recording another episode, and then something just throws it off. Yeah. You know, I mean, I love like situations that are normal situations that suddenly go very wrong. Yeah, that happens a lot when you're podcasting. You can you can trust me on that. <laughs> I. You know, I heard you killed by a lightsaber. Uh, <laughs> yeah, robot. Angry robots. 
I'm like, what are these sounds? It's like you were lost in space. It was, it was, it was creepy. It was, it was creepy sounds. Oh, when you when you say that though, it makes me think about that episode, and it makes me worry again. <laughs> like what? Oh. what is? <laughs> well, sir, they're, we brought that up. They're so. they're, either I'm going insane, or they're coming for me. They're coming for you. <laughs> I think they are. <laughs> Get on your bike right away. <laughs> <laughs> Wipe that snot from your nose. <laughs> Get a baseball bat. All the heroes take baseball bats in these shows. That's true. <laughs>